I'm Tiffany Josephs. Welcome to Magic Carpet Life, the podcast. I believe this is the most auspicious time on the planet to create a vibrant, soul-satisfying lifestyle, and I'm here to be your guide. Each week, we'll chat about inner life, personal style, creating work that lights you up, and all other ways to bring magic into your everyday life. Your life from the magic carpet starts now. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Magic Carpet Life, your weekly wonder trip into the infinite discovery of who you are. I'm your host and guide, Tiffany Josephs, and I am here to romance the world to a higher love. Why are you here? Have you thought about it? Have you put it into words? Have you shouted it from the rooftops? Well, this is your time. The world has never been more ready to receive your unique magic. And you can think of me as your cosmic cheerleader on your path to discovering just how true that is. So thanks for being here and let's get started. We are back on my big blue couch with another amazing, magnificent guest, Dr. Sarah Beth Burke. <laughs> Thanks, Tiffany. I asked her because she's, you know, one of my Wonder Woman friends, and I asked you before we started recording, can I call you, can I call you doctor? I mean, yeah. you're legitimately a doctor, and uh, a doctorate, uh, you got your doctorate in what, specifically? Um, my doctorate's in curriculum studies and teaching. Okay, yes. So we are going to introduce you as Dr. Sarah Beth Burke, and I promise you I won't call you doctor any other time. And here's what you're up to. I'm going to read this for everybody listening so they can... Um, get a picture of who you are, why you're here, why you're on the big blue couch today. And here we go. Ready? Okay. Yeah, ready. Dr. Sarah Beth Burke is an artist, designer, educator, researcher with a passion for innovation strategy, systems thinking, and human-centered design. She seeks to inspire people to bring ideas to life. Like GE. Do you remember that commercial in the 80s? Oh, totally. We bring good things to life. <laughs> that was my... They should have had me sing that song, but I was only like seven when it came out. <laughs> She's a hybrid professional, or rather a boundary crosser, who is talented at connecting the disconnected. And she sees life as one big design challenge. Currently, she's the director of a new initiative at the University of Colorado Boulder. The intention of this initiative is to engage and expose all stakeholder, stakeholders to entrepreneurial and innovative experiences on or off campus. This work is under the Research and Innovation Office there on campus, and it allows you to be the ultimate connector of dots, which that, you love. I, I couldn't say it better. That was completely a great description. Thanks well, for that intro. You are so welcome. I actually you know, copied and pasted from your very own like website. Just, where did you get all that from? That was great. Yeah. So you and I were sitting down for brunch, which is like our preferred gathering, means of gathering. We love doing brunch together. And we were talking a little bit about this zone of genius. Yeah. And I get lit up about talking about genius because it's one of the energetics I work with, with Magic Carpet Life. Of course. Now, my version of what genius is and yours, given the fact that you look very scholarly <laughs> right. and with... in, in intense research with this 
could be a little bit different. So I want to, in this conversation, look at the soul part, the magic of genius and mm -hmm. what that is, from even maybe an esoteric place, and the the mechanics of it, the the work that you've done and the, the things, the, the way that you poured in your work into this zone of genius. Yeah, we have so much to dig into together because we're approaching the same idea, but from really different places. So I'm excited to hear what, what you're going to talk about and how I can complement that. Awesome. Okay, so let's start then with hybrid hybridity sure is yeah. that a word that's the every word time I'm with you I say words slowly because I'm like is that a real word and you know what's funny in yeah. this scholarly community it probably is a word Absolutely. <laughs> I just add idity after a word or you yeah. know <laughs> it's like yeah that's a, we were saying provocateur oh great word I'm like yeah. okay yeah you'll be a scholar any day now <laughs> I just need to fast track and I have to go through the thousands of hours of An dissertations. Honorary doctorate. We'll get you. There you yeah. go. Famous people do that and, yeah. and if they graduate. Maya Angelou. Yes. Like 60. Yeah. Well, she deserves that. Okay. Totally. I am. <laughs> A few more years. You'll Not get there. on the same platform. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Thank Keep you. Keep spreading your work. We all have Maya. We all have our own version totally. of, of that. So hybrid professional, yeah. hybrid identities. Mm -hmm. That's... How can we move into this? Maybe just you sharing how you got involved in this. Oh, Was it just yeah. you're researching, you're moving, you're, you're obviously in this work, and then it's like, oh, this is happening. Yeah, so let me maybe start a little bit with my story. And I think kind of like any good story, it started with a crisis and then yes. led to an awakening. Okay, perfect. Um, I was a student for most of my life. I mean, I was a really good academic. I have multiple degrees. I mean, education is sort of my bag. And I was heading on a path of becoming, well, I was an art teacher. And that really became my identity, but I knew I could do so much more. And I felt locked in. I wanted to lead and have impact, but this box, this title, this structure was really confining me. Mm. And I didn't know how to break out and get to the next step of my journey. So on one hand, I was like, I can either apply for new jobs, but how do I get other employers or people to see me outside of being this art teacher, or maybe I need to go back to school and get more credentials. So that was sort of this point in time um, when I really started examining who I am. Mm. And when I started applying to jobs, I realized I need to showcase to these jobs what I think my true professions are. So at that point in time, it was being an artist and being a teacher and being a designer. And literally on the cover letters I was writing, I would say, hi, I'm Sarah Beth Burke. I consider myself to be this artist slash teacher slash designer. And let me tell you why those matter to me and how they matter to this position I'm applying to. So that really helped me open up and explore and reveal to these jobs how I'm a different kind of candidate. And lo and behold, that actually did get me some job offers in directions outside of teaching. But I actually decided to go back and get my degree to study, and I felt the credentials were going to get me further faster. Right. So that was the point when I was exposed to deep research and how do you take ideas and expand them and support them. And the question mm -hmm. that kept coming up for me again and again is, who am I? What does it mean to be a teacher? And if I'm doing all this self-questioning, are other people questioning that too? And that became the heart of my big research project. I went out and started asking people, well, what does it mean to be a teacher? And what else are you doing besides teaching in the classroom? Because that's 
kind of the term of being a teacher, but that's not what you're doing all the time. You're counseling students, you're coaching, you're doing administrative work, you're you know, creating content, you're doing all these things and every teacher looks different. I mean, you can think of all the people that have taught you, they're, they're not the same, even though they're doing the same job. And mm. this was so curious and really revealing for me because I was like, I'm noticing people have a variety of professional identities. Like just pausing on that term right there, identity is loaded because one, we're constantly shifting and changing. Our identities are fluid. So the person you are today is not going to be the person you are 10 years yes, from now. Yes, I love that you say that. Oh my gosh. The and fluidity. That, yeah, just that awareness is so important. And then identity has all kinds of main categories of your race, your class, your gender, your socioeconomic status, your ability. And I really felt I needed to hone in just on my professional side. That was what was coming up for me and calling mm. my attention because we could sit here all day and talk about our feminine identity or yes. being a mother, but when do we really dive into our professional selves? And mm. this idea too, that you can have multiple kinds of professional identity was like an aha. And I don't think we're talking about that as a culture. I don't think people are recognizing that's permissible. Um, when I mm. sit down and have coffee meetings with people, cause my job is really about networking and understanding how people connect time after time, they tell me about their pathway and the multiple things they're doing. And no one talks about multiple professional identities. The step that I'm sort of taking beyond this is not just listing out all the things you do, the artist, the teacher, the researcher, but what happens when you're crossing those over? So you're never mm. actually doing them in isolation. Like, yes, sometimes I might be more of the researcher than the designer, but more often I'm being a researcher designer simultaneously because they're informing and influencing and it's just part of who I am and how I approach things. That's the hybrid. The hybrid is the intersection and crossing over, which actually brings this whole set of genius to your work, this whole power of you're doing things in ways that nobody else is doing because your unique set of professional identities has an integration that mine hmm. is different. And if everyone can start recognizing and talking about that and differentiating, <clears throat> differentiating themselves, we have a really different way of looking at how people are working and what value they're bringing to their clients, to their customers, to their employers, to society. Yes. I think it's a conversation that I'm just ready to open up. Well, you are opening it up. We sat in my home um, a couple of months ago and we had a very diverse group of women yeah. at the table and you just, it was like Pandora's box. I mean, you just <laughs> right. brought out yeah. these ideas and this this question, this yeah. thesis and there were artists there, there were healers mm -hmm. there, um, and we were just kind of unlocking this together. And I think the power of that question, who, well, we all go through this, yeah. right? Yeah. Who am I? Who am I? I am always in an existential crisis. <laughs> I think we all Okay. Are. This is never ending. Yeah. I wake up, I could go to bed and feel <laughs> like, oh. I feel home. Right. To me, it's the, the energy of I feel home yeah. in myself. And then I wake up and I'm like, ah, you know, what yeah. am I what doing happened? in this world? What's happening? Yeah. And it's good because it it it's diversity, uh, you know, of our inner world. We're constantly yeah. working New with that question. Yeah. Yeah. But to me, I want to talk about the sure. magic of the slash. Absolutely. You, artist mm -hmm. slash designer slash educator slash researcher you have a methodology 
that you have, I mean, there's Venn diagrams involved. There's, <laughs> right. it's really legit. Yeah. And you, how do I, how can I work and begin to identify what my intersectionalities are? That's a great question. I love that you use the word intersectionalities because that is a very scholarly word. Yay! Um, I told you I'm, I'm working this. And <laughs> it's a fancy word, but it, it hits uh, the core of this work are the intersections. So, I mean, step one of this work is awareness, right? That if you have a title, you are more than your title. So okay. right now my title is Director of Innovation and Entrepreneurship. What the heck does that mean? Mm -hmm. I mean, titles are just these obscure ways of labeling ourselves. Yeah. So you actually have to, one, have that question of, okay, what, what, what is it that I'm doing? Then two, starting to identify. So creating lists of what are the core things you feel you're doing on a daily basis that are most representative and most important to you and feel like your, your true essence in your work. So for me, it's the artist and the researcher and designer. But I'll be honest, those words shift from time to time. Sometimes I'm like, okay, right now I'm more of the innovator. I want to reset that one. But overall, these feel like the ones I'm tapping into the most. And we do have core, sort of these primary identities, and then there's the secondary and tertiary. So, so you can definitely move into other spaces, but the day-to-day -day ones, I'd say, are the primary. So one is awareness, two is identification, listing them out. And then the third part is starting to look at the overlaps. So it's a, a puzzle of some sort. So if you say, okay, when am I the artist and the teacher? Or when am I the artist and designer? Or how does the designer researcher come together and sort of just crossing and marrying and, and exploring, does that feel like your nature? Have you ever thought about who yes. you are? Have you ever considered what you're doing in those moments or how it feels? I think the, the research I've done with people, they can most often identify the feeling state that when they're losing track of time, when they're their most at peace in work, when they feel they're most alive, they're truly in their intersections and they don't even realize it. And that's why having interviews and, and doing observations of people helps to, to unpack that's your hybridity, that moment when you are crossing over and you didn't even realize it. You said, and it was so powerful, I am more than my title. Yeah. That is like, um, you know, a, a, a soul cry to me. Right. When I feel that, my whole body's like, yes, I am more <laughs> than my title because titles are so often, and this could be a very subconscious thing. Sure. They're handed to us. They can be, or they can be created. Or created. Sure. But the disruptor, mm -hmm. that's a, you know, a place I like to play with you because yes. as a creative, I love tearing things apart. And oh, or the boundary pushers. I, yeah, the yeah. boundary pushers. Yeah. I look at that and say, more than my title, how, on a soul level, yeah. right, how do I... How much of this is because I think I need to be or because I want this outcome of a certain experience and so I'm going to call myself that. Mm. In other words, we, we use words and titles to yeah. help ourselves to get there. Yeah. And it might not be that raw essence, mm. what I call an energetic signature That's great. Of, yeah. of who I, being able to make mm -hmm. that real proclamation this is who I am. That's the best way of saying it, proclaiming who you really are and who you want to be in the world, how you want to show up and be seen. And it's terrifying. Oh, yeah. And it's hard to have that deep epiphany because are you scared of really announcing that to the world? Are you ready to do that? Well, and there's, because, mm -hmm. right, any good, juicy 
coming from the soul yeah. stuff is yeah. going to be yeah. scary yeah. because it's, it's, it's vulnerable. And I think there's a progression to this work too. So early in my career, I mean, I became the art teacher. I ascribed to how other people see, saw me because I saw myself through their eyes. And I was too fearful to recognize and stand up for, actually, I want to proclaim I'm this other kind of professional. So it was an evolution of work to let go of these outside perceptions, acknowledge them because yes. they were legitimate. They saw my creative side, but they saw it in one kind of box. And I said, well, I have that creativity, but I actually am projecting it in this other kind of way that's more of an innovator, that's more of a disruptor, that's more of a you know, systems developer, which is not the art teacher. But finding that language and going through the chaos of where do I belong in my work has been a huge journey. It's very empowering because yeah. we step into our professional identities or our, or our work role yeah. and everybody's projecting on us. Yeah. Yeah. This is who you are. This is who you are mm-hmm. because this is what you do for me. Mm-hmm. This is what you produce. Right. Um, this is how you make my life easier. Yeah. For me, that was my story. <laughs> sure. But if I had this language, I'm thinking back in my own career journey before I had my own business and things really shifted because sure. being your own boss and it just, it is incredibly liberating and of course challenging for all of the reasons. <laughs> right. um, you know, total anarchy. Suddenly all of my, you know, magic slashes, all of my roles are like taking over. Um, but it's, because so, it's easy in a career to just be defined yeah. by yeah. the title. Of course. It's safe. And that's been the tradition. That's the convention that society has put us into for so many years, except we're in a shift right now, or we have been for some time where the gig economy has been exploring. Yeah, talk about that. Free agent nation. So, I mean, the gig economy um, represents about 55 million workers that are freelancers, that are working as independent contractors, that have side gigs, that are moonlighting, that have 1099s. And they are, you know, creating their persona of how are they marketing and branding and making a living. That shift of the workforce going away from full-time jobs with traditional job titles to self-created roles and responsibilities allows people more autonomy, and then they get to define, okay, what are the titles I'm going to put together, this provocateur, magician, you know, counselor or something. You're like, I've never heard of that. What is that? Because that's their manifestation of who they want to be. Mm. Why now? Why are people more comfortable with risk more than ever? It's a great question. I mean, when I started getting into this work, I was I needed exemplars. I was like, who are the true role models of hybridity um, nationally, internationally? Because it's it's the day to day workforce, but there's got to be the people way high on the stage. Mm-hmm. And people that came to mind were like Oprah and Bono and Taylor Swift and Beyonce and people that have so many titles behind their names, that they're the actor, the writer, the author, the philanthropist, the talk show host, the entrepreneur. I mean, their bios are so extensive. That really, I think, has been game-changing in the last couple decades, probably Mm -hmm. since the 2000s, because the triple threat came out maybe around 2000 with the actress, singer, dancer, model. Really? That just was like 2000. I don't know. When was I it? I just when always, think? I guess that makes sense because Disney really started pioneering that, right? I, I think it went... was earlier with the Ginger Rogers and Fred Astaire. Right. But we didn't start using culture, the vernacular. Yeah. yeah, like the Britney Spears where she's on the cover of magazines and in movies and writing her albums. Like we hadn't seen that before. I don't think that's sure. my recollection. On a cultural level, yeah. Right. And so that, I think, division of 
people rising up in a social context suddenly having a lot of titles behind their name and that becoming their brand, that their identity was more powerful than just the one thing they did. Mm. Now I think the rest of us can start to play and open up and say, well, I can do more things too. And it's become really acceptable and common practice that you have two or three business cards. Like nobody just has one job anymore. They do a lot of things, but we don't always ask about it. Yes. So the question of what do you do is the old question we've got to move past. It's what are your professional identities? Okay, let's park on that for a second because (laughs) there's nothing that gets me more hot and bothered than um, that question. Yeah. What do you do? And I get a real attitude about it and I'm, I'm okay with that now. Like I'm, I've allowed myself, like it's okay. Because when I first started, uh, showing up and doing yeah. these networking things and, and, um, it'd be different every day. It, it is different every yeah. day. I've gone through waves of, I don't even know how to answer this right now. Yes. And, and I began to, um, just get clear on that with people. Yeah. I, I love being the person that shows up. Tell me what you, th- what role you think this is mm-hmm. um, based on your research. <laughs> but I love showing up in a room and just totally making them wonder, mm-hmm. you know? And mm-hmm. I intentionally will avoid <laughs> the conversation because it's the first thing. Yeah. I think yeah. that it establishes comfort and security. Well, it's, it's a way to quickly define and I think sort of probably judge. And Why do we want to define so quickly? I I wish I knew that. I mean, I think it's part human nature that by association of what your job and job title is, we can start to assign sort of social understandings of who you are and for better or worse, decide if we want to continue talking to you or move on. I see. So, so it's, you know, and I understand the nature of this, but I'm with you that I think that it is time to evolve, you know, to graduate from, or just be conscious of that. You know, I, I remember a couple years back, I hadn't even gotten out of my car (sighs) and this person came up to me and asked me what I did. And Mm. it was at a, at a, you know, a networking thing. And I was like, people, and they're like, well, yeah. isn't this what we're here for? Yeah. Yeah. We're here to, to network right. and to... So even the evolution mm-hmm. of networking... Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, people are still... I mean, if you're talking about energetics at this lower level of like networking is to bring value to me and to make the, the best connections I can as quickly as I can. And your job title will quickly help me decipher, are you worth my time or not? Do I need to interact? So I still think that's the lower level That's the economy of that, yes. Yeah, it's the the (laughs) ego stuff. But when we're really in our hybrid space, you see people from multiple kinds of value and multiple interests and multiple ways of interacting. I mean, I think that's your beauty is you look at the problem or the project you're being presented with and go, I can fit into this in multiple different ways because my abilities and... I think more people want to do that and have that ability. But again, it's stepping over this consciousness threshold of that being allowed and presenting yourself in this way. But there's one caveat here where people start to move into being the jack of all trades. Like, okay, I can do everything. I'll be everything to everyone. And that's also not as healthy because that's not true. So you've got to find the middle ground of, I can do a lot of things and I'm not just singular. But what are the handful of things I really want to attribute as being my best, my brightest, my highest potential? Yes. This is why life coaches make you know millions of dollars, <laughs> right. um, the, the self-help industry and all yeah. of this, because there is, an, and I noticed this trend sure. amidst this industry, yeah. of, um, I'll call it the, the plight of scatteredness, the mm-hmm. plight of, of self-discovery work right. is just 
being everywhere at once. Totally. And and there, because I think that the win for that mm-hmm. or the the um, you know what we get out of that is the sense of power, mm-hmm. uh, limitlessness. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't want to feel? limitless yeah, yeah and especially when we're we're liberating ourselves and we get to this really juicy point of yeah. i am free yeah. i am more than a title so now let's just see mm-hmm. and explore all of these things because right. you know if elon musk can do it uh, right. you know if richard branson can do it we have yeah. these role models who are these real badass people but what focusing on what are mm-hmm. highest mm-hmm. and that's yeah. that's where purpose comes in absolutely that's where i i mean yeah. every time i start this podcast yeah. i say i am here yeah. to romance the world uh. to a higher love yes and i that's my proclamation mm-hmm. i say that every week because it's my my north star right yeah. it's that thing that i when i forget yeah when i forget mm-hmm. not if because mm-hmm. it's because of my hybridity, right? I'm a mom, I'm a wife. <laughs> yes. That's just my roles. Exactly. But then you start talking about identities. Right. Like you, you know, yeah. artist, creative, um, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. all of these things. When when we are, multi- okay, here's my ex- attempt at this word, multiplicitous? Um, multiplicity. Multiplicity. So when I'm in my, my state of multiplicity, um, I can, when I go back to my purpose, that's when I'm feeling power again. And that's your truth. It's truth. Yeah. Yes. So the expression of my truth yeah. can be in mm-hmm. all of these ways. And your brightest and your highest. I mean, you know it when you feel it. Yes. Because you're there. But articulating that into a word or a few words, oh my gosh. I mean, it's it's a lot of trying to sort through possibilities because you, you're like, well, I'm, I'm all of these things. I'm these 50 terms. I'm 100 identities. And that can be true that you try them all on and you use nuggets. But what are those deep-seated, rooted ones, your power center like you're talking about? Yes. So I always love uh, inner child work, mm-hmm. as you know. Mm-hmm. And I want to know from you, <laughs> at what point did you know, one, yeah. that you are an artist? Oh, what was I your love, journey? I to... love that you just took me there. <laughs> oh my gosh. Because as a little girl, I was so imaginative. I would take the cereal box and turn it into a miniature puppet theater and create a performance that I would like bring to my first grade teacher. And then she had me like put it on for the rest of the grade. I mean, I just was endlessly resourceful and um seeing things in the world that my peers were like, oh yeah, they'll come along with me, but they wouldn't instigate it because my imagination was just so fluid. Mm. Um, so the, the creator, I think is absolutely at my root. I've, I've tried to abandon and push it aside and it's just, it's always with me. So now I'm starting to embrace it. Um, yeah, the little girl in me is, is the endless possibility kind of magician and just, Mm. um, fantastical whimsy. Um, she's unhindered. Yeah. I know. I need more of her. (laughs) To be unhindered, yeah, right? Yeah. I have my own, you know, memories and I go back to them a lot yeah. because I think it works like that, yeah. right? We can go back to different yeah. um, times and moments and, be, mm-hmm. and activate mm-hmm. ourselves and bring that in. Yeah. But I think as an artist, here's what I wrestle with um, because I, I would probably like you with my first title or first, sure. what do you call them? The four or the three I, I talk about the measure primary identities, okay. professional identities so, in that vein. Okay, so my primary identity would also be yeah. an artist. 
I was going to ask you for years, actually. We haven't done that yet. Yeah. Yeah. Artist, for sure. And I think when we went through it, I wrestled a bit with, mm-hmm. uh, because of my own identity work, how do I, I how mm. do I put mm-hmm. all of this <laughs> multidimensional, you know, identities, and it's not even identities, because yeah. that has the yeah. energy of, to say, identity, it means this. You like carve it down. Well, and, and that's one of the findings in my research is words are arbitrary points of meaning. Yeah. When I asked people to articulate their professional identities, more often than not, they would just start describing a whole sort of summary of what they do because we couldn't figure out the words for it. And that was fascinating. It's this idea of a picture's worth a thousand words. Yes. Words are very limiting. Yes. Let me paint you a picture yeah. Yeah. of who I am. Yeah. Or let me... Um, right sound out notes for you or make, you know, vibration of sound. The vibration. <laughs> because when you're in that state of bliss and, and your hybridity, you're actually creating energetic space. I, I hadn't thought of this till just now, but you're creating a space that others feel inspired and enriched and enlivened, but nobody could really put their finger on what's making that happen. Yes. But it's, it's you merging these identities into this labelless thing that we're trying to label the hybridity now. Yes. Um, it's a very special place. It really is. I love that you said that because to me, it's resonance. Mm. That's how I experience that yeah. word. And yeah. when I'm with somebody who is resonant mm-hmm. with themselves, it is like this rapturous <laughs> right. experience for me. Um, and yeah. contrary, you know, on the other mm-hmm. side of that, when I'm with somebody who is packing themselves yes. in, cramming themselves totally. in because of fear and because of um, you know, resistance or whatever else, it is the opposite Mm -hmm. of that. And so for me right now, I'm really conscious about attracting Mm. the resonant ones. So, and that was another piece I learned talking to people is this idea of those that were enlightened, let's just use that in how they are actually crossing over and connecting their identities. were more refreshed, we're more resonant, we're more fulfilled. And people that hadn't come across this concept or were struggling in the work, they had a tension and a friction between their identities because one guy was a photographer prior to becoming a teacher, but he couldn't figure out how to get the photography in his teaching practice and neither side was being filled and he was sort of dejected and Mm. demoralized and just frustrated. And he hadn't yet learned where the merge is, how to marry those two. Okay, that is um, the merge. Let's talk (laughs) about the merge. Because, um, so I'll share about my husband because he's in this career, this intersection Mm -hmm. with his career right now. You know, he turned 40 a few years ago and so he's in that life stage as well of if I am more than my title. Mm -hmm. You are more than your title. Yes. But for him, Mm -hmm. asking the question, how, Mm -hmm. first of all, it's not safe Mm-hmm. because I have this structure of my life, this okay. this world that I've created based on how I, based on this title. Yeah. Um, and so if I were to move into the creator mm-hmm. or move into the beauty maker, right. because he sings opera and he's mm-hmm. starting to sing more. Uh, and I, I got him, I, I got him the Artist Way workbook oh, yeah. a couple of weeks ago. And so he's been doing his morning pages and... <clears throat> He is in this space right now of the merge, mm-hmm. but he's kind of driving like an old man on the on the on ramp, sure. right? Yeah. And um, yes, I love you, Bradley. <laughs> um, but he's kind of like you know, thirty five and a fifty five. Like, 
how, and it's so exciting. Like yeah. the, he sees all the movement that he's about to, but there's that fear. How do we mm-hmm. reconcile with mm-hmm. that? The fear of merging. <laughs> Let's work on that together. I mean, it's different for everyone. And at different stages when you're merging different identities, some just probably will snap together and others you'll be on that for years trying to figure out what to do with them. I mean, yeah. and that's okay. Well, it's part of the process, I think. Yeah. But one is just recognizing, wow, I have these two really different parts of myself. Do they need to come together? And what would happen if they did? What, 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 try that on. And you might realize, okay, that was a bad fit or, oh, I want to do more of this. But yeah, like we all have to experiment. This isn't just like flip a switch and it's done. Yeah. There's a, a degree of faith yeah. required. Um, I've, I used a lot of, um, paintings and I used artists to help me sort of understand how to talk about this research because I, I was struggling figuring out the themes. And so Renee Magritte, um, does these really interesting surreal paintings where things will be juxtaposed. You'll have, you know, like Mm -hmm. a lamppost that's turned on and it looks like it's nighttime, but the rest of the painting's daytime. And you're like, how is that possible? And so one of his paintings that spoke to me in this work is an image of a doorway, just the frame of a door and the door is cracked open and it's on the bank of a sand dune. And so through the doorway, you see, you can get to the ocean. And then the other side is you're kind of in the the grass sand dune. And I loved this because it was sort of this apparition of the doorway is there, but you have to find them. They're not automatically visible. And are you ready to step through it? And do you know how to open that door when you need that door? And I, for me, that's a metaphor for being between these identities of how do we find those entry points between them? Where are they? Are they accessible? Are you ready to move into one space or the other? And can you just leave the doorway open? Right. Can you wedge it yeah. open? Can you just kind of, yeah. you know, it does not automatically So it's spin. like that, that to me is just a beautiful way of thinking of these crossing over points. We are unlimited beings. Yeah. Yeah. We are absolutely... Um, unlimited in our creating those opportunities mm-hmm. as creators, and yeah. we're all creators. That yeah. just, doesn't have to just be a core identity. Sure. You are, that needs to be in everybody's. That needs to just <laughs> yeah. be implied. <laughs> sure. Because to even create yeah. hybrid mm-hmm. identities, we mm-hmm. have to really claim that. Yeah. We have to own, yeah. I am a creator of this. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, there was there was a couple of other things that sure. I want to ask Let's you moving from this, but but first of all, before I get there, okay. I want to make sure that everybody who's listening and watching knows that you are putting all of this into a book. Right. So I'm on the path of writing my book about this, calling it more than my title. And that's the name of the book. Right. Um, Good. And I love that title. I, well, it's so suiting because <laughs> we are more than our title and the book is more than its title. And it's just this anomaly of titles. Yes. Um, and looking at who are hybrid professionals, what does it mean to be a hybrid, and how do you recruit or identify, attract, retain them? Because it is a body of the workforce that, I mean, I'm still struggling. If I move on to my next job, how do I tell future employers who I am, what I do, and how I do it? Um, I think this is a constant way of us trying to figure out how to communicate to each other our, our gifts in the world and why we do it differently and in our own unique way that other people can't do. And that's Mm. why we should be the ones doing that work. Until employers, until we have evolved as a, as humanity enough where you can walk into a room and simply, you know, (laughs) feel it. (laughs) And then everybody goes, yes, you are exactly (laughs) what we have been looking for. Thank you, Tiffany, you're hired. 
Um, I love that. Until there's that degree of transparency, mm. we need all of these other things, right? Yeah. Um, so, okay. So, Perfect. book is Thank happening. Book we, is a, in process. It'll probably be a few years. Okay. Yeah. So, um, we'll, we'll talk about the, how we can learn more about that as well as we to. close. Because I want to make sure people can connect and even be a part of that. Great. Because yeah. I think it's more than a title. It's more than a book. It's yeah. really a movement. True. Yes. Within these within the job force within human resources and getting this conversation into more workspaces workforce development absolutely yeah so um we talked a little bit about the energetics of genius Mm -hmm. and genius being you know this multiplicity of professional identities yeah um what about weirdness okay weirdness genius like i see these words uh, individuality, mm-hmm. how important is it? Mm-hmm. What does weird mean to you as a researcher in your world? Wow. I haven't studied it as a scholar, so I can't really speak from that point. But the word you used a moment ago about individuality, I mean, that's the era we're in right now. Even Vogue magazine has said, there's no style or trends anymore. Like, style is your individuality. And I was like, well, that's true about our profession. It's true I about how we that. live our lives. Yeah. And Um, I work a lot with students and we're looking at Gen Z and they are all about not putting themselves in boxes. They don't want to check if they're right or left, if they're bi, straight, gay, whatever. They just want to be whatever they want to be. They want to walk into the room and do this. (laughs) Right. So yeah, your genius, your weirdness. I mean, it's, it's owning those things that you just believe are you. And so, I mean, I think this ability to create titles that have never existed before and roles that have never existed before. Like my job didn't exist even three years ago. Yeah. So whatever you want to create for yourself and owning that, like that's your weirdness, that's your pizzazz, that's your gift, whatever you want to say. So I, I love you. This isn't your first gig that you just pioneered. In I feel like you've of, always created the, you're in I've these. I've been in a lot of roles that were Wild the West. first and they were new and the only time that position had been created at that point. So I, yeah, I've had a really unique journey in that way. That um, would be interesting to read about in your mm. book too. How your, ma- I call them magic slashes now. It's, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's the artist slash yeah. researcher slash designer <clears throat> slash. Um, what about human centered yeah. design? Mm. I love that word. I wish I could take credit. That's a whole movement into itself. It's the idea that the world today is facing really big problems and they're really based in human experiences. So we don't need to just be solving problems of like how to make this lawnmower better, but it's really like, why do humans even need to mow the lawn? Like, why are you, Tiffany, struggling with using the lawnmower? Like, let's talk about you and your own personal pain points and needs and desires. So through anthropology, through ethnography, by understanding people, we can change the world and solve problems that really matter. I'm thinking about person. I'm thinking about the type A's mm. of the world. That would be like totally struggling and impatient with that. Like, why do I have to talk about the why? Like, I'll just do it. Yeah, yeah. And even that is shifting. So these yeah. once, where did type A come from? What is the A? That's Who's a great st- question. Let's go find out. Uh, somebody needs to tell us here. Where did type A? That feels like a very like early and what 80s. what is type B? Because I never hear type B. Right. <laughs> I've always called myself type B just as the op- as the alternate right. to type A. Because yeah. type B to me, because, okay. you know, I feel like it's the one that is on the side, like mm-hmm. will allow more. Where the go. type A is like, there you, you know, I can... I can be type A because I'm a hybrid. Okay. I can go there when my house needs to be cleaned or whatever. 
But um, but I do think, I mean, I, I'm thinking about Melanie Griffith hmm. in Working Girl. Oh. It is Griffith, right? It's I'm not, not Griffin. Sh- well, I haven't seen Am that I movie in a while. The name? Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I should know these things. I'm I'm a child of the 80s. By the way, this T-shirt. It's pretty fabulous. Uh, you turned me on to this. You... So I found like a Facebook post with an ad for yeah. a really amazing nostalgic T-shirt of uh, what is it? Starbright. Yeah. And uh, Gem. Ra- Rainbow, Rainbow Bright. Bright. Thank you. Gem and Shira. Shira. I mean, classic characters that just embrace divine femininity and power and follow your hybridity <laughs> yes all three of these that's what yes. i was saying like i used to be rainbow yeah. bright yeah. that would be my thing a rainbow uh, yeah. all the way and now mm-hmm. i can feel you know the magic oh of gem gosh. the glamour and then the the power yeah. of shira yeah. but this came this was a yeah. movement in the 80s well and isn't shira doesn't she have an alter personality like she's yeah shira like he sometimes man. and she's like normal girl sometimes yes. and then warrior other times and gem was normal girl also. and then also the rocker so they show that we have to shift these personas yeah and be who's the person really in between today i'm gem you're the gem. those of you listening have to yeah. watch the video to see the shirts that we're talking about and i'll actually put in the notes where to yeah. get these because <laughs> when i wear this out in public people are like oh people who are you know my age or whatever no i actually so was teaching my shakespeare kids yeah um i teach shakespeare uh, once a week and these are like third through sixth graders yeah so I wore this one day okay. to rehearsal and none of them knew Such of course a shame. none we of them I mean these need... kids were born in like 2009 Jeff or something was a movie like a couple of years ago I don't think it did well though. oh god no know, no 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 anything that comes back is usually know. you know not, not happening not worth it um but uh these days I feel like I'm really yeah. doing the when I'm on my podcast I'm channeling Jem. She's a good one. She's the. She's know, vibrant. I yeah. need to do a star. Oh here. my gosh! Yes. Yeah. Flashing earrings that, this and a star. Is, yeah. I need to get star paint on her eye. Yeah. Why okay. did she do that? That was like that her, was her look. Yeah. But she not a she trend. was like ahead of the Katy Perry's. I mean, the pink hair is like so in vogue right now. Yeah, but but <laughs> for some because somebody because somebody decided to do that with their genius, with their weirdness. They were so like, amazing. Please bring that back, somebody. Um. <laughs> So I think what I want to do right now is um, play a game with you. Let's do it. It's game time. Because I can feel myself going through, I see in my hybrid, I can see like 10 different things. But I think the, the, the way to start landing the conversation is to play a little bit. And I, th- I want to do that by word association. Okay, let's do it. Did you see them? I saw one, and then I was like, I shouldn't be looking at this. <laughs> so I turned away. So no, I really don't know what's coming. Okay, good, good. Because um, it's no fun if you know. There's like something in the brain that mm-hmm. happens when you it can does. be like... And I have one of those brains that would be marinating on this for the last hour. Okay, word association for several... I'll just do a handful of these. We'll see where they go. Okay, ready? And style muse. My style muse? Um... It's always a combination. I love Claire Underwood. Um, she's just got that severe sophistication and classiness. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's something about Wonder Woman and sort of that like leather and like I am gonna take down the world. I, I channeled that for Halloween, so I think there's an element uh-huh. of fierceness I'm still carrying. Are we talking about Linda Carter, like vintage? Oh, sorry, Wonder? the brand new one. Okay, Woman. yes, of course. Just those costume design was phenomenal, and the fact she had to like 
go through London and then she like still got in that fight and oh, she's yeah. like wearing all the like funny cloaks. Again, just, it's the gem. It's it the hybrid. Great. It's yeah. the, yeah. It's so good. So those are my top two for right now. Okay. Um, tell me, Claire Underwood, is she the one from House, House of, of Cards? Cards. Yes. yes. Okay. Thank you. Because oh, I was going to Claire Danes and then I went to Carrie Sorry. Underwood Sorry. and I was like, those don't, now I get it. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. She's vicious. She, that's like alter ego, right? Oh, yeah. Well, personality, but you were asking style. Okay, style, yeah. style. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> no, it's okay. Exclusively style. Yes. Yeah. Um, color. I'm into amethyst right now. Mm. Yeah. Purples. Why? Oh. What do they do for you? There's just this, this subtle, twinkly beauty. I just am feeling drawn to it. Um, everything from purple in my wardrobe to purple crystals. I don't know. It's, I wouldn't even say I'm like wearing it. It's just the color that's speaking to me right yeah. now. Yeah. Isn't that funny yeah. how, well, you're an artist. It's not funny. <laughs> it's like every day, right? But colors do, yeah. they oh. create visceral. They evoke. Yes. Yeah. Evoke. I love yeah. that. Uh, inner child. What, my first word that comes up with yeah. that. I mean, castle comes to mind. I don't know why. Um, and uh-huh. swings that just okay. playfulness and, and imagination in terms of like just going where you can't imagine like things that don't exist in your ordinary life. Mm. Yeah. I'm going to do a writing prompt on that after mm-hmm. this. <laughs> I should. Now you've got my head spinning. Take me to my castle. Yeah. Entrepreneurship. Intense is my first word there. Um, complicated. It's, I've learned so much about it because it's part of my day job and I mix and mingle with so many different kinds of entrepreneurs, emerging students that want to start a company to adults that are leaving their career and starting companies to people that are serial entrepreneurs. And they are wonderful people. And it's um, been really interesting to see all of their different ways of what it means to them. And so Hmm. the intensity that they have behind it, I think, is my best term for that right now. I think uh, as a um, prescription mm. for them, embracing their hybrid identities. Mm-hmm. I mean, talk about a, a whole class, a, a marketplace, class. what yeah. that would do for the mental health. <laughs> well, they all are. I mean, there is not a single entrepreneur I've met that doesn't wear a million hats because they have to be the fundraiser, the marketer, the product developer, the website guru. I mean, yes. everything's weighing on them when they're a team of one or a team of two. Yes. So they are hybrids without knowing it, but they also need to be careful with which skills and which identities are they really best suited for? That's and that's the, question. the trap they run into. They do too many things without starting to delegate and hire the right talent. Yes. Yeah. Um, hmm. Purpose. Oh, questionable. <laughs> I'm, I'm in a soul We talked about mode. this in brunch, yeah. right? Yeah. Words. I mean, I was on the way up here thinking about all the women in my life, just for whatever women in particular. And, All of my girlfriends really seem to be going through a life transition around career. I don't know anyone that's really figured it out. They're like changing jobs or they're changing cities or they're redoing resumes and websites. And I mean, I think that really speaks one to the era that people don't stay in the same role for more than a few years anymore. I mean, the the average is like two and a half, three years. It's so fast compared to 20, 30 years in a company historically. So I think we are moving into an age where people want to work where mission matters and they want to have impact Mm -hmm. and companies and opportunities that have that are what more people are attracted to, but they still need to make money. So I'm just questioning 
what can I do the best in this world? Where can I have the most impact? I love inspiring people and I love doing great work. And as long as I can keep being challenged, I will drive as hard as I can to get big work done. Yeah, and staying in the play of it. Mm -hmm. Staying in the space of discovery with it. Putting the paint on the canvas. (laughs) You know, as much as as you will share with me the the challenges and the tension of the work that you do, I see you as finger painting. Hmm. There's still a real curiosity that leads you and drives you Mm. in this. So yeah. I'm going to mirror that. More finger painting. For you, yeah. right? That'll be my purpose right now. Because <laughs> <laughs> I need to stay messier. I think I'm uncomfortable when there is so much chaos. Yes. But the messiness allows things to birth. Absolutely. That's important. Yeah. Let's just yeah. call out the illusion right. that we ever have this figured out. No, no. Okay. I mean, the Michelangelo sculptures of David that he said, you know, the sculpture was always there. I just took away the stone that was covering it. But to get to that level of quality, I'm like, I, that's a lot of work. <laughs> I don't know. Well, there's this there's this really beautiful opening as well to, for me, and as I create one thing, mm-hmm. and then I create mm-hmm. another thing, yeah. and then I create another thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like everything that I create, yeah. it's coming from, because of the work that I do in, in the alignment and, and giving my soul a voice, it comes from that innermost place. And so it feels really good just to birth it. Oh, totally. Just to bring it out. I'm so fulfilled when things come out of my mind into reality. That is what I live for. Yes. And then I'm ready to move on. Yes. (laughs) And let's not even say that it has to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's a, that's when I talk about faith. I think there's faith that if I can make this as pure Mm -hmm. and as beautiful uh, for myself as possible, it will inevitably Mm -hmm. affect people, the world, humanity, the collective, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I think that having more faith in that, I love that you give permission for people to move into the fluidity of Mm. that because that's pretty fluid. Yeah, That's like, I mean, if we could all get more comfortable in the abstract and in the unknown, like this doesn't have to do anything. I could just speak it. And, and, and that's controversial because I think certain spaces and certain kinds of work will always say, why are you doing this? And what's the ROI? And yes. what is the impact? And sure. what are the outcomes and the deliverables? So having the space and the gift to just play and discover and explore is more precious and not given enough um, compared to how we're forced to turn but it into something. I, yeah, and that's part of that intersectionality mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that I can, and I'm, and I'm really owning this for myself because yeah. I come from that world too of, return on investments and and what is the deliverable here Mm -hmm. and what's the tangible result. So my intersection Mm -hmm. there is there's always enough space for it to be something different Mm -hmm. than what we think. Yeah. So that when we arrive to completion, totally that needs to, you know, it's still fluid. So Mm -hmm. that's interesting. I just see that as, um, as a part of that intersection. No, I, I'm, I'm going to hold on to that idea too, because I mean, we, rush through things. We want to like, okay, here's idea. Great. Go push it out. Yeah. But instead of pausing and letting things just sort of evolve and, and grow a little bit and, and not be as well-defined yes. before we say, oh, you know what? Now we're seeing it take shape. Now let's pick a direction to go. Because what you said in the beginning that the experience of mm-hmm. hybridity mm-hmm. is aliveness. Yeah. You're really going into mm-hmm. that. If I'm but if I'm all of these things, yeah. these are my top things, and mm-hmm. I'm able to move in between from place right. to place to place, 
that's how I can be. And I'm, I love talking about engaging in our liveness. I think that's, that's where we are effective yeah. in the world. So, okay. So one last word. Let's okay. see. Mm. I keep closing my eyes. <laughs> I know. I know. Let's say beauty. Just raw. That was the first word that came to mind. I, I think beauty is everywhere and it's in the most unexpected places. We just don't have our eyes open all the time. Mm. Um, appreciating things as they are and just the naturalness and the unplanned and witnessing and taking that in. I, I think beauty is just the raw as I am, mm. as I am. Mm-hmm. That's, that's raw to me. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I have a raw amethyst I'm going to give you Ooh, on that note. That's... Before you leave, make sure. How perfect is that? <laughs> so if you weren't doing this, what would you be doing? If I wasn't doing this research or this job? If you or... weren't, Sarah Beth, in, your, <laughs> um, in, the, in the way you're expressing your hybridity yeah. right now, yeah. you could totally go fantasy with that. Or it might be something more. I mean, I think in my heart, I am more of an entrepreneur than I allow myself to be. I have had a fantasy of opening some kind of retail brick and mortar um, enterprise, sort of akin to like if Anthropology and Build-A-Bear and those like sip and painting stores were to like have a baby, uh-huh. this would be an experience because I think the way the world works we're more social in how we want to be. We don't want to just like go shopping and people want to get together and do things. So if you could have a place to go and buy the ingredients to make the really cool bohemian chic like DIY stuff that anthropology looks like it sells, but they charge $100 for that. Right. And you can make that with your friends. It's just like you, you can go on a website and get a t- tutorial, but why are you buying all those things? Like you just need four buttons and three beads. You don't need a gallon of paint. Yes. So go to a store where you can cr- buy the objects and follow the tutorial to make the thing that expresses yourself and you can wear and enjoy and use and do it with people that also are creatives or inspired to follow. Um, that to me, I think is a place I've always sort of held as like, if I'm going to run off and I had a million dollars, I would open this business. It's a hybrid retail. It is a hybrid retail. (laughs) It it really brings in my art education background, my project management, my organizational development, um, so many facets of who I am, but it would be me leading the charge for a change. So interesting. if, if and when and how someday it might come into being. Have you thought of the name? I played with Fashion Lab, but that's not fully there yet. That was just yeah. the placeholder name. Yeah. yeah. That lab, that this mm-hmm. place of everything that you said about mm-hmm. having permission to be messy yeah. and creating mm-hmm. something from nothing. It's yeah. This place, I am a firm believer in yeah. um, when we throw things out there. Right. Um, and we get charged mm-hmm. from it. And mm-hmm. it produces a... <gasps> yeah excitement in our bodies electricity Mm -hmm. yep that's how we activate the magnetic energy of it and Mm -hmm. and to get all quantum physics on it (laughs) okay there is a timeline Mm. reserved for that okay and another time and another Mm. what was that show quantum leap yeah scott bakula where he used to just like go into these other (laughs) realities today yeah i know it's 80s it's the shirt i can't help it yeah it's good i went working girl in quantum leap i was definitely in ge we were doing ge i know (laughs) got all these at least i'm consistent (laughs) 
know. We Next, know what era you're from. Next episode, we'll do some 90s ones. But yeah. I don't think I watch as much TV in the 90s as I did in the 80s. Um, um, well, hopefully I'm planting these seeds in the universe and maybe it'll come through this life or another life. Of course. Um, but yeah. Okay, so tell us um, as we close here, how can people get in touch with you and what yeah. do you want them to do? How do you want them to enter into the book or your work that you're you're creating? Um, a few different ways that people could connect with me. So one is I love hearing stories of how people are living their professional identities or what hybridity means to them or looks to them. So if you would love to share that with me, go to morethanmytitle.com. You can learn um, more about me. You can learn about the book in progress. I'm starting to blog and start giving some information on what I've been researching. And contact me through that. And I'd love to either have a phone chat or meet with you and learn about your stories. Yeah, because you're really going to be presenting this more in workshop forms and bringing people in the career space into the conversation. I love that. Yeah, I'm trying to build more understanding and develop what different channels can I activate in your language yes. um, to reach different people, both through LinkedIn, through handouts, through references, yes. and eventually publishing a book because I really do think there's a message yes, that a lot that of people coming. need to hear. In addition to the Fashion Lab or whatever that name will be. <laughs> I love that. The book well, proceeds will build that. <laughs> there you go. Thank you so much oh for sharing your light here. What a fun little so much fun time with you today. to sit and have this conversation. My favorite thing in the world to have friends over on my couch and then to highlight their work with everybody listening. So thank you. What a gift. Thank you for bringing me here. And if you are listening, watching, please join the conversation. Help us to bring more of this magic into the everyday. You can do that by going to magiccarpetlife.com reading, commenting, tell us what inspired you from this conversation. Maybe you're in a career right now, or maybe you're in your own business and this idea of hybridity is like really getting you thinking. What are you thinking about and how do you want to move that into your life in a real tangible way? You can go online and join the conversation there or comment below. There is a higher love at play and it is always working for us. Our only job is to be conduits for this love, to keep the channel clear, be unique about it, and stay in joyful anticipation. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next week on Magic Carpet Life. I'm Tiffany Josephs, and you've been listening to Magic Carpet Life, the podcast. For the visual version of this, head over to magiccarpetlife.com forward slash the show and then follow me socially on Instagram and Facebook. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Thanks for tuning in and join me next week for another Magic Carpet Ride.